Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At Founders Brewing Company, we set out to create a beer that lets you embrace the unconventional. Mortal Bloom is a radiantly beautiful, hazy IPA that will wrap your taste buds with intense citrus and tropical notes of pineapple and mango. Coming in at 6.2% ABV with big aromatics and no bitterness, it's the perfect beer, if we do say so ourselves. Visit foundersbrewing.com to find Mortal Bloom Hazy IPA. said let's record 11 I said 11:15 and then at 11:14 I was like where are you I am I am really positive that my automatic laptop computer is a minute late and that sounds like a lie but it's different on one computer than on my phone I don't know what to do It's because you have a PC you have like a Lenovo and everybody and the world runs on Apple <laughs> It is on my work computer and my work computer is in Pacific time and my personal computer is in Eastern time and I, 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 I'm I doing my best. Apple standard time. Apple standard time. <laughs> um, I've noticed, as someone who does not have a real job, I've noticed a lot of videos on my TikTok about, I remember you talked one time about like malicious compliance, but like I think there's mm-hmm. a whole subculture about like how to do the bare minimum at work because right now there's this like uprising against employers like everybody got a taste for like staying home and so now everything's about like oh we pulled the curtain back you should have known this already your corporation that you work for doesn't fucking care or like you so quit doing the most and all these videos are about like how to tell your boss that respectfully you're only working during work hours and Mm -hmm. I just feel like there's like to me there's two schools of thought there's like you work super hard and you overwork and this is what Americans do. Like whenever they make fun of us, I'm like, yeah, it's, we work hard. I don't know. That doesn't bother me. Um, yeah. And I also feel like this. The, there are people who will be like, yeah, you're right. I shouldn't do that much. It's like, but you weren't doing that much in the first place. So now you're doing even less. Like, I don't know that I trust everyone is actually working the same during those allotted hours. So everyone's like, yeah, I need a break. It's like, but you are really shitty at your job in the first place. Yes, there are definitely people that are using those hours better than other people, 100%. You almost have to like earn the right to be like, "Mm, I'll be doing it during work hours. And it's like, but are you? And I'm sure there are, but I can't imagine everybody's great at what they do. No, and I get that there's like different, like I definitely, because I'm on the East Coast working on a West Coast company, I get up and get so much done before anyone else is awake. And yeah. then in the afternoon, it's like six for me and it's three for them. And I'm like, ugh, I'm done. People also, this. every time I check in, it's like, yeah, we're just waiting. Like everybody's very content to be like, yeah, 
we're just waiting around. And the amount of mental energy people spend on the correct way to confront an idiot, like per my last email, unfortunately, this is not within the boundary. It's just like, get on the fucking phone, listen to inflection like a human, not a robot, and just say what you need to say. I do think of you every time I have to make a phone call or follow up on something. And I, do, and I think of you every time I follow up on something like, ugh, this isn't necessary, but I haven't heard back. I'm just going to follow up. And then the person goes, oh yeah, I wasn't doing that. And I'm like, oh, I yes. did need to follow up. I did. You always need to follow up. Like, do not ever assume somebody cares as much as you do or is doing their job. And also like, you know what kicks people into high gear? A phone call. Well, that's a nightmare. <laughs> no, no. But like, sometimes it's like too much to say. So you call someone, you're like, hey, I just want to, you know, and they're like, absolutely. Let me, I, we, <laughs> we have someone that we worked with. Um, I'll give as vague details as possible. And I had asked, I was like, hey, did anybody check in with this person? It was a super simple thing to do. And Mm -hmm. they were like, I'm not even gonna say it was a guy or girl. They're like, yeah. They're like, they haven't gotten back to me. You guys will check in next week. Have an amazing weekend. And I was like, it is Friday at two (laughs) o'clock. I was like, can you just send the email? And they were like, oh yeah, sure. And I'm like, you don't get to sign off with have an amazing week. And like, we are within working hours. Please send that email. Yeah. I don't know. It It is. I, I continuously wonder how is anyone else doing anything? Like, obviously I'm not going to be fired. I'm fine. I'm doing a job. But how is everyone else doing such a bad job? <laughs> like, it's actually at the place where, because everything's broken, everyone's short on staff. Nobody wants to, everybody, you know, wants to quit. Everybody wants to do less hours, which is great, but Americans are not built to comprehend less hours. When you go to Europe, you're like, this is so, at first, my first half of my Europe trip, I was like, this is great. These people live life. They take time. They take vacations. And by the second half, I was like, I need my check now. I don't want to die in this cafe. Like we've got to go. Why is everything closed randomly on a Wednesday? I need CVS. There's no 24 hour drugstores. So while we could slow down a little bit, like I don't think America's ready for a world where like half our workforce just shuts down three-fifths of the week to like have a cigarette. Yeah, you know, I was sending an email the other day and my dad was like, you know, it's illegal in Germany to send work messages on the weekends or evenings. Oh, interesting. I "I don't don't live there, so I'm going to reply to this email because I would rather reply to an email and then not think about it anymore. I'm the same way. I like to tick stuff off as I go. I resent when people send me a ton of stuff Friday afternoon. I'm like, really? You had all week? That being said- Everything comes in Friday uh at like 5 p.m. And I'm just like, oh. It's kind of the thing. It's like if you've accrued enough hard work, but also like, are we doing work or are we just like sending emails to China? Like, it's not like we are industrious and make things here. Like Mm -hmm. a couple of Shark Tank products and they're super expensive. I don't know. I don't know. It's got to be case by case basis. And uh, yeah, Kim Kardashian got all that flack for being like, no one wants to work anymore. And I don't know if she's a monster or whatever, but I do feel like in every industry, it's like pulling teeth. And I'm always like, okay, I come on stage and I do my full hour at full force. I'm not up there like, hey guys, what should I talk about? Oh, I lost my shoe. So you need to get your fucking sound cues right. I just think the, the because we've all been working from home for the most part, I mean, obviously you can't, you have to go out and do your comedy, but it, realizing that if we don't, we don't have to spend eight hours sitting in front of a computer and still get the same amount of stuff done, I think has been really hard for people because it's like some people can really do that. You can work from home and you can get your stuff done. And some people like need someone breathing down their neck. And so it's such a weird place to be in where employers are so worried about who's getting what done. It's like, well, 
I could have sat in my office for eight hours and stared at a wall and you and and some employers would think that's more valuable than me working for one hour at home and doing everything. Well, it's interesting because people, I mean, this is just for me watching on TikTok, people also make fun of like the amount of dings you get like on Slack chat, like constantly incoming stuff. And it's like, well, I, I don't know. I mean, if you are working you're going to get those emails now if it's just busy work. I think if you're a worker who's productive and you've shown that you can hit your deadlines, get your things in and you're on time and you don't need to be in an office, then they should treat you based on your merit. It shouldn't just be like, you're a fucking liar and you've got to be here. That's what I Yeah, but most people don't operate like you. Like that was a great thing about working for you is that you understood that I was going to get things done. And if I didn't get things done, that would be a different conversation. But most regular jobs, they're like, no, I'm paying the money. I want to see your face sitting here because I've bought these eight hours. No, I hear so that. you're going to be and in it. Some jobs maybe, but it's also like it makes your worker feel like shit that you're like, I don't trust you. It's like having to like yeah. check your bag at the end of the night. And it's like, if you don't trust this person, maybe it don't have to work for you. But I will tell right. you, everything seems broken. Everything is understaffed. Nothing works. We had a, a, a trash can and the lid was cracked. And so we had to like contact the city to replace it. And I asked Noah, I was like, did we ever do that? Because I never really look on the side of the house. And he was like, yeah, they replaced it. And I was floored that like a city civic agency was like, yes, we'll replace. Here you go. And I didn't get like a weird thousand dollar bill in the mail or some unfortunately. I'm shocked when things go well, especially on a civic level. It really is surprising. I just called my storage unit today because they charged me again. And I was like, hey, yeah. I called you last week that I moved out. And also there was a dead rat in my unit. And so I'm not paying again. No, and they're like, oh, we're really sorry. Like, that's our bad. We'll fix it right now. And I was like, oh, okay. I was ready to be in a fight. Yes. And they were just so nice. And I was like, oh, Always thanks. ready. Always ready for it to be like, unfortunately, please call back while we're at lunch so we cannot answer. <laughs> but folks, you've got bigger questions and problems. I'm sure everyone saw my Instagram story the other day of the harrowing tale of how I spilled a thick green health smoothie all over our rug and the dog. (gasps) No, I didn't see this. Which rug? (laughs) The rug under the table in the dining room. And it just went everywhere. And it was the trajectory on this smoothie. Like Iran should study it if they're going to have all these nukes. Like if you want to see how far something can go, just have a random object and a lovely morning. And liquid can travel. It is, you know, like when you drop something in the carpet, you never find it again. Or like Mm -hmm. on the floor, like an earring back. You're like, how did you go that far? So Mm -hmm. smoothie all over the dog. She didn't even know what was going on. (laughs) It was just one of those things that reminds you chaos is always lurking, ever lurking. Did you get the rug? Is the rug being cleaned or is it a lost cause? Yeah, we're going to take it to get cleaned. You can't clean it. It's too thick. Like all the instructions are like, Pat, with a vinegar solution. I'm like... This sludge like has a name. It's sentient. Like it was so thick. All right. Bigger problems. Bigger problems. Hello, pod crew. I am the special education teacher that wrote in two years ago. And you gave me advice about approaching my mom about me taking a new teaching job. I took your advice and things are definitely better. I have new drama for you about work. I have been teaching at K-12 online school for the past two years. I teach self-contained K-5. Assume that's fifth grade. K-5. My issue is my K-5 team. There are currently two other teachers in the same K-5 self-contained section of the school. Part of the problem could be our ages. I'm 34 now and they're in their late 40s and 50s. They have a bond because they are old school. They both go on and on about how they do everything pencil and paper, even though they work at an online school. (laughs) My issue really is just how incompetent they both are. 
One of the teachers has been at the school for four years, but refuses to mentor new teachers. I became the mentor to the other one who started this school year. She's one of those people that always says, yeah, yeah, I get it when I'm trying to help train her. She also bulldozes the conversation and never actually listens. One example Sounds was like when a great admin, teacher. <laughs> one example was when admin emailed her that she did not complete her SPED paperwork correctly after I definitely trained her on it and she responded that she didn't know how. So an admin emailed her back and CC'd me on it, basically stating that her mentor teacher, aka me, should have trained her. I was livid. I called her out on it and let the admin know that I've met with her several times. The other two teachers will meet without me. The veteran teacher I mentioned earlier is just as incompetent as my mentee and she'll give her wrong information all the time. All right. Then it comes back and looks like I'm not doing my job. I'd love to hear your take on how... What I should do next school year as I write this, I'm heading to summer break. Thank you for all the awesome things you put out in the world. I have watched everything you do for years and congratulations on your baby girl. My baby girl is now four and all I can say is don't listen to people. It does not get easier. I don't think anybody, (laughs) nope, everybody gives, everybody says just as scary and harrowing advice as you say. They're like, gets worse and then they talk back. Watch the fuck out. So thanks for that. Um, (laughs) You know, I was listening back to our podcast for quality control. And I find sometimes when I give answers, I like repeat myself a lot. And then like I'll expound and then repeat myself. So this really just comes down to them not wanting to be lectured by someone younger about something. And this comes down to you always have to be clear about what it is you're saying, what you want. Now, if you have an administrative person above them that is overseeing all this, you always be clear. Absolutely. Hey, here's a follow-up email. I met with them from three to six. We talked about this. Like, keep putting it off. Like, I did my time. I tried to answer their questions. Just be professional with them. Like, hey, guys, if you have questions, I know you probably don't want to be here, but it is my job to administer this advice. And you kind of, I don't think you need to be any more involved in it than that. And it is that thing where, like, sometimes teachers, teachers, first of all, are underpaid and mistreated, but not all teachers are good teachers. And even that attitude, I'm like, I would not want to be their student. And these people probably have some sort of like retirement or tenure or something and they're not going to give that up and they can just do it however they want. So you need to care as little about them progressing as they seem to. You know, education tactics change. Get into the habit of emailing a summary of what you worked on after each time you mentor this woman. And CC that admin to be like, this is what I did. CC the admin Uh if it feels appropriate. Like go over like, hey, just a refresher. Here's what we discussed. You're going to do this. You're going to do this. Here are the bullet points. Let me know if you have any questions. Like then you have this paper trail of you have been mentoring when no one else would step up. It's just covering your bases. Yeah, that's it. That's all you can do. You can't care as much and they sound annoying. There's always... There was a documentary forever ago called Waiting for Superman. And it was about how public schools like couldn't fire teachers. I think this was in Florida. I could be wrong. And they would do something called the Dance of the Lemons, which is where like one school district would just swap out their bad teachers for another bad teacher, hoping that it would be an okay fit. So I'm sure that academia is fraught with tons of bad Apple teachers like that. And just people who have been doing it forever, I also feel bad for them because clinging to the pen and paper of it all, like I get it. Like I'm appalled that kids don't know how to write in cursive. We don't really live in a, you do need to know cursive. If you want to read anything that was written like in a love letter, or if you want to study anything that's like an ancient text or even a wedding invitation, you're going to need to know cursive. Um, But I understand as I get older, this need to like cling to what you did as the gold standard because it's scary and everything does feel shitty. So a little bit of compassion, but you are not there to be their teacher. 
constantly being like, hey, I'll step up, no problem. Hey, like making it clear, like, hey, I'm doing this. As long as my boss sees it, I'm not going to go down with the ship. Also, it's easier for the admin to be like, the admin knows if they tell the incompetent teacher, hey, you're not doing it right, that person's not going to care. And they know if they tell you that you're going to care and you're going to try to fix it and make sure that something gets done. So it's easier. It's always easier to punish a good employee because they're going to actually change something. So there you go. There you go. K5, K-Cup, Keurig, teacher. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. It happened to me. I didn't think it would, but it happened to me. I had a nasty bout of postpartum depression. Now, there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about what you're dealing with, and there's nothing to be ashamed about in talking about it with someone. I definitely saw a therapist these last couple weeks because, you know, I spend my time giving advice to others, but I could use a little advice myself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. I'll tell you what, when you're already stressed or anxious, the last thing you want to do is battle traffic and sit in a waiting room and get your parking validated. I'm sorry, is that just an LA thing? You don't need to add all that. You can just sit in the comfort of your own home or a chair you like outside and you can talk to someone from BetterHelp. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists at any time. No additional charge and it doesn't hurt their feelings. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash Eliza today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash Eliza. I'm busy. And this time of year gets even busier. I've had my baby. I'm back to work. I'm at meetings. I'm on tour. I'm running around. And I don't always have time to sit down for a meal with my family. Sometimes I get home from set so late and I just need to eat something nutritious and go to bed. And that's why I like Factors fresh, never frozen meals because they're dietitian approved and they're ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy I am, and I'm busy, I always have time to get a nutritious, great tasting meal. Factor has over 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. So I never get bored. I'm trying to do less meat in general and they have wonderful vegan and veggie options. I just made a vegan mushroom marsala and I made an onion risotto. Just because you're eating vegetarian doesn't mean you can't eat deliciously. It had roasted garlic green beans. It was scrumptious. Head to factormeals.com slash Eliza50 and use code Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code Eliza50 at factormeals.com slash Eliza50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Well, it's finally happening. The weather is finally getting warmer. So it's time to say goodbye to the jackets and cozy sweaters we've been hibernating in all winter. And it's time to say hello, bonjour, to shorts and t-shirts. And if you've been wanting to update your wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, Quince is for you. I talk about Quince a lot because I really believe in a sustainable capsule wardrobe. And there's no reason you can't have a sustainable, timeless wardrobe for every season. And Quince has got you covered with premium linen dresses, blouses, and shorts from $30, washable, silk tops, hello. And the best part is all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Dressing well shouldn't break the bank. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Look well. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash Eliza for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash Eliza.
Hey, Eliza, I have a small dilemma. I dated this girl for a month and a half. We had a lot of chemistry. We had a lot of fun, good sex, and things broke up when she told me she had a depressing episode and could not date me anymore. We started as best friends. We stayed best friends still because we still had a lot of things in common, like mannerisms, similar careers in film, and a dumb sense of humor. She told me that she wasn't ready to be in a relationship as her previous relationship before me was a really toxic one and has told me her qualities for which she could get into a relationship again. She told me that she needed amazing sex and mine was only good. Oh, oh. Recently, two months ago, she told me that this new fellow was interested in her and Wait, he looked so, like a stud. Okay, I'm sorry. Is the person writing this a guy or a girl? They are a guy, I'm pretty sure. I was ready for it to be two women. It's a but guy. It turns out it is a girl and a guy. A guy who said fella and stud. No, she said stud. But didn't he him. just say fella? Yeah. Well, so yeah, recently, two months ago, she told me his new fellow was interested in her and he looked like a stud. She told me she was only going to have sex for fun, but she found all the qualities she wanted in a man and told me that she wanted a relationship with him. She started dating the guy and I felt horrible since it only took her three weeks to fall for someone else. As if her reasoning to not date me was thrown out the window. We had a falling out because I could not take it anymore. Was yeah. I wrong for getting mad? I felt that she wasn't sincere with her feelings. No. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. She is not attracted to you. And she, listen to me. She is not attracted to you. And she stayed around because you were the best option at the time. But she told you exactly how she felt. She didn't want to be in a relationship. Did she have to be that specific? No. Because you could be great in bed compared to someone someone else or another girl might find you great in bed. But you don't want to be her friend. You don't want to be her friend. You don't have a rich, deep friendship connection. You dated, you still love her, obviously. And you're into her and you're attracted to her, which will make it, being friends with her, super painful. Um, maybe there's a more elegant way you could have done it. And if you want to reach back out and be like, hey, full vulnerability disclosure, like I have feelings for you and... I think you're great, but I kind of just don't want to, it doesn't feel good to be around you. So I'm just going to gracefully depart. Uh-huh. But it doesn't really matter. This is also, you guys sound super young. Um, and that's gross that she said all that. That being said, I think I've said some shitty things like that when I was younger. So just move yourself away and find someone who deserves you. You don't yeah. have to hate her. I'm sure there will be girls that you are not as attracted to and you break their hearts. Just move away. It was a blip and you're done. There are, I promise you there are plenty of girls with dumb senses of humor out there. Because it's wine o'clock somewhere, kissing on my hubs. Okay, this next one, I'm just going to read you a story because I want you to know that you have negatively affected veterans. Me? (laughs) You personally. Okay, cool, Emily. Thanks for being on my side and just reading only. My husband is deployed overseas and after a long day of work, missed dinner and opted to grab a few packages of cereal from the 24-hour section of the (laughs) DFAC slash cafeteria. (laughs) Mostly cereal and sandwiches. He chose to grab two cups of Kashi Goli Crunch. <laughs> I immediately alerted him to the danger and even sent him the podcast episode Roots and Intuzik to no avail. <laughs> he called me today to wish me happy Smother Day and to let me know that Eliza was right. He had never in his life farted as much as he did last <laughs> night. He will not be opting for it again and was lucky. It was the day off, so no one else was subjected to it. Love the podcast and hopefully we'll have the opportunity to see you live next door. Now, I, Emily, think... That we've talked about so much, you've willed it into, it's like a challenge. It's like when people eat cinnamon or eat a hot wing that they're like, people are warning like, no, Eliza says don't. And they're like, I'm just going to try it. So I think you, you've you set a dangerous precedent. First of all, talk about active duty. Mm-hmm. Second of all, yeah, he should have, I, I don't think he, kudos to him for listening to the pod at all. 
but he didn't heed your warning. And like most men, he's like, no, my butthole can take it. She's just a girl. There's no way. And uh, did I negatively impact a veteran or does it help because now he won't, he won't reach for it again? Well, and now he knows the correlation. He realizes that the two things are related, not just that he didn't just get very sick that evening Look, <laughs> separately. Thank you for your service. Your body's been through enough, okay? <laughs> you don't deserve to come home from war and just have your uh, have Kashi Goling Crunch blowing out the whole region. Why do I feel like they're secretly mounting a lawsuit and like collecting evidence every time I say Kashi, <laughs> they like mark it down. They're like, you have besmirched our name. But it's the truth. It's the truth. <laughs> I'm only speaking the truth. So. And people have used it because of your podcast to help with their bad constipation. You have enough to deal with as a veteran. You don't have to, have to get replacement butthole surgery. <laughs> do you think that's a thing they can do? They must be able to do it, right? Uh, I think if you have like a prolapse rectum, there's like ways to fix it, but I don't think- Yeah, they like push it back in. They don't sew you a new one. I don't know. I think once your butthole is wrecked, like it's kind of never the same. It's not like a <laughs> vagina where you can get it back. I think your butthole, like you got one butthole- and if you stretch it out, like it's done. That's what I think. I, Thank you for I your would, service. I would guess. <laughs> Dear Eliza, I am 34 male and have a beautiful family. A few years ago. Beautiful family. A few years ago, my wife and I decided to buy a house. We decided not to use my father as our realtor. Oh boy. This resulted in a complete relationship shift between me and my dad. For some background, when we first got married, we felt pressured to buy a home from one of his friends, which was not ideal for us. But being young, we listened to him, even though we wound up miserable in the house. Because of financial and mental health issues, we sold it a year and a half later and moved in with my wife's parents for a few years. During that time, my dad and I got in a huge fight when our house was not selling because he would not listen to us over the price. He marked it way higher than it was worth and put more bedrooms on the listing than actually existed. What? We know that these are the reasons our house sat empty and was robbed for sitting all that time, which created an even bigger financial burden on us. Because of this, we decided that it was not a good idea to use them in the future. Fast forward five years and we were in a better financial state and ready to buy a home. We did not tell my dad that we were looking for a house and used a trusted friend instead as our realtor. When we informed him that we had bought a home, he blew up at me and did not speak to me for six months. After that, I was simply tolerated at family functions for a while. I have since talked to my mom about the ordeal since he has refused to speak to me about it. And she begged me to use him the next time as our realtor or she doesn't know what he'll do. I feel like I'm being held cool. under emotional ransom and refuse to ne negotiate under these conditions. The next time we move, I have no desire to even talk to him about it since he has refused to talk to me about our last experience. But I know for a fact it's going to be an issue. I guess I'm asking... A, what would you do? And B, am I the asshole? Thanks and congratulations on your baby. Hope to see you next time in Cincinnati. Signed, Anonymous. I'm trying to wrap my mind around, you know, you said citing mental health issues and financial issues. You moved in with your parents, but then he's like, and then we were doing great. So we bought tons of other houses. No, okay. So they they bought a house that the it. dad sold them on. No, I get it. I get all that. It just, you guys are, you guys are moving around a lot. I know you should, don't move again. Like why What's are you going to move again? You're, you know, <laughs> It is that thing, caveat emptor, let the buyer beware, you know, and it is tough as Emily will tell you in the purchasing of her first home. And I've done it a couple of times. You learn horrible lessons every time you go through it. Um, 
but the thing is you trusted him, especially being your father. And he probably listed it way higher, trying to make you money, trying to make him money. It's weird that he put more bedrooms because people are going to come see it and they're going to be like, hey, I don't see eight bedrooms. I see a duplex. Right. Yeah, that's odd. Um, But you could always argue this is a bedroom, even though there's a toilet in it because <laughs> there's a window and a door. So it sounds like your dad is kind of an idiot and uh, emotionally really immature. You have two options. You can either fake an illness to get him to care for you and then on your fake deathbed be like, I'll never use you again. I'm calling 1-800-Realtor. <laughs> then I'll feel bad. Or two, you call him up. You'll be like, I just want to sit down with you because I love you and I just want to go through this. And he'll have his version. You have yours. So maybe you can just agree to disagree. And you can just simply say, it was really painful last time and it just seemed like it's not a good idea to mix business and family because God forbid something went wrong. Like we can stop being friends with this guy, but like, you'll always be my dad. And this is what's happening now is why you don't mix them. Like point to what's happening. And he can't argue that. He'll be like, no, I normally stop speaking to people. I love dearly. This is totally (laughs) professional. You got to just present it calmly and rationally and just be like, can we move on from this? I did not mean to hurt your feelings because he probably didn't mean to put you in a financial bind, but he did. And Decisions were made and let's just agree to disagree and move on. Yeah, you need a realtor who has your interests at heart, not his weird friends who's selling a house you don't want. Yeah, it's, it's all- Just bad business. You got to agree to disagree. Be like, like, you know, like, you're emotionally willing to let him off the hook if he can just be cool. Do not use him again. It doesn't matter what your mom says. He cannot be your realtor ever again. No, this, I don't, be like, I don't want you to be my realtor. I want you to be my dad. Yeah, I want you to be my dad. I want to see you at Christmas and not haggle over closing costs. <laughs> Kick it. Hi, Liza and team. Love the pod and have been watching your comedy specials since my early 20s. Boy. I'm a 29-year-old female. She's like, I'm 45 now. <laughs> my husband is a 30-year-old male. Wait. We are both... 29, what is it? 29-year-old female, 30-year-old male. 29-year-old female, 30-year-old male. Heterosexual, heteronormative couple. Assuming cisgender, moving on. We are both pretty established in our careers and going on our fifth year of marriage. We always seem to be on the same page for everything. But since all the recent Roe v. Wade news has been coming out, I've been increasingly nervous about my options. I've truly never wanted kids. It's never been my dream to be a mom. And I love my life the way it is. I've been pressing my husband about his thoughts and he is still on the fence regarding wanting children. Most women know it's extremely difficult to get a tubal ligation, especially at a young age. Oh, what? Even more so, having not already had children. Get your tubes tied. Oh, why don't you just say that? Why Why <laughs> do people write so formally? Like, it is our fifth year of marriage. You would never say that. You wouldn't say that to her. You'd be like, we married five years. It's our fifth year. I feel like year. they're writing in like, this is like your cursive love letters. Okay. That's fair. Very floral. It would be much easier if he could just get a vasectomy, but he gets defensive about it when I ask. I've been on birth control for a very long time and I've never had any major issues, but it would be extremely nice not to have to take it anymore. My question is, should I really just wait until he finally gets on the same page as me? Or is there a better way to broach the big vasectomy conversation? I'm not trying to give ultimatums, but at this point, I feel like he's kind of just hoping I get pregnant by accident. Really? But if I did, I would be truly devastated. Side note, I have some health-related issues that would make a pregnancy difficult and potentially dangerous as well. This is your husband. Doesn't he care if you are sick or if you live or die? Also, he 
are you hearing yourself? Like he's hoping I'll get pregnant by accident. Are you guys not on the same page? And did you not get on the same page when you got married about kids? He's on the fence. This makes me uncomfortable because this, this is like a real come to Jesus sit down and you have to decide. First of all, you have to decide if you want kids or not. And I'm sorry, like, hey, is our marriage viable <laughs> if we don't have kids? Is this a make or break thing? Because you can't have that hanging over your head like every time you have sex. Like, is he going to not pull out? Is he hoping something will happen? That's fucked up. Okay. And by the way, look, you said you've got a career, whatever. You can drive to another state. I don't know where you live. I don't know if it's Texas where they have every woman chained to a spike and there's a bounty hunter staring at you um, or Oklahoma. Uh, but you need to get that right first. The thing with the vasectomy is, and I, I, I don't think they are as painful as people think, when it comes to the idea of a man and his manhood, the ideas are like, uh, and, and like your ability to like produce viable sperm, like they're inextricable ideas, right? Like the, I feel like a lot of men think you can't tamper with my penis. That's my manhood. And we're, as women, we've allowed us to be the ones that are on birth control and we're the ones that are responsible and held responsible. So the idea that you'd mess with a woman is okay simply because it's what's been done. Mm-hmm. A vasectomy is not a big deal. And I, I, people get them all the time. Of course, you could get one reversed. There's that episode of The Office where Michael's like, I've had three vasectomies. Snip, snap, snip, snap. Do you know what? A total three, like reverse vasectomies take on a guy, whatever. But there is this like sacred idea that like it's my penis. No one can mess with my rights to jizz wherever I want. And it's so gross and it's so sad. And there's really no logic behind it. But it's making you uncomfortable. This is your husband. So you guys need to like set it all out on the table. Because you don't, honestly, like I took birth control to deal with my cystic acne, but like I don't want, and I don't, and I obviously stopped taking it to, you know, try to have a baby, but like you don't want to take it your whole life. I'm sure something weird is going to come out of that. You don't want that. You don't want to have to take a pill all the time. You don't want to get an IUD. You don't want to mess with yourself. You've done it enough. So, one of you, either you get your tube side or he gets a vasectomy. What you can't do is keep living afraid that you might get pregnant. That's not a way to live. Yeah, I I'm, I mean, I get that you don't want to give him, um, him an ultimatum of getting a surgery, but I feel like the more concerning part is that you think that if you got pregnant, he wouldn't support your choice This in is it, all that- gross. Like, I hope you hear your email. I know that you love him. He's a great guy, but this is a major women's health issue and he is not willing to talk about it because he's hoping you'll fix it and then you'll be stuck with it and you don't want to be pregnant. So you need to make your, get your priorities straight. What's the alternative? You just keep like cautiously having sex with this person that you love and then if you get pregnant, you'll just be in pain, maybe die, deal with it. And he's okay with that? I mean, I guess the alternative is she gets the her tubes tied, but that just, you know, again, when you haven't had a child yet, when you're younger, there's a lot of things, there's a lot of reasons they won't just do the surgery or that it's not covered. Like there's a lot, they want to make sure that you- Fucking drive yeah. to another state. Oh God, I'm so fucking, oh, you sure little girl, you don't know? That's like the whole uh, like trans thing. Like, you know, the kid's only 17, they don't know. There is no one who goes by, this is unrelated, goes through all the trans hormones and surgery. And then they're like, oops, I changed my mind. It doesn't happen. And you know what? This is talking to states. If a woman gets her tube tied and decides she didn't want it, that's on her. This comes with feminism and making your own decisions and choices. So I'm not mad at you. I just, this idea that women are too frail and stupid to get anything done, to make big choices, we'll make them for you. 
Your husband is being a monster. And maybe he's not smart enough to comprehend all this. One of you has to get a surgery. I defy him to give you a logical reason why it should be you instead of him. Yeah. Does he understand the the difference in the severity of the two surgeries? Like sit down with him and make sure he understands. Like, look, it's not easy for a woman to get the surgery. It's a much more invasive procedure. Oh, but my penis is so special and sacred. You're right. My vagina is just a fucking coal mine and people are just going in and out all day and we're just raping it for its resources, even though it's bad for the planet. So your husband is disrespecting you on so many levels and I would be uncomfortable even having sex with this person knowing that they kind of don't care about your health and well-being. So get your head on straight and mm-hmm. kick it. When you ask someone what language they took in school, usually it's like with an eye roll. They're like, mm, French. It's like, do you speak French? No, I don't use it. I feel like a lot of us had difficulties learning a language in school. Rosetta Stone is here to change that. It's available on desktop and it can be used as an app on your phone or your tablet. Rosetta Stone are trusted experts for more than 30 years with millions of users and 25 languages offered. Rosetta Stone immerses you in many ways with an intuitive process and you can pick up any language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Plus, with Rosetta Stone's true accent feature, you'll get feedback on how well you're pronouncing words. That's right. You might even fool some locals into thinking you're one of them. It's like having a personal trainer for your accent. I headed to Mexico City for a little vacation, and I used Rosetta Stone to brush up on my Spanish. Just a few things, few verbs that I knew I had forgotten, and I was better. Mejor. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, Ask Eliza Anything listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com slash Eliza. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com slash Eliza today. I do think there's something to be said for ordering something of quality and every once in a while getting a nice package in the mail with a product that you're going to own for a long time. Let me tell you about Bolin Branch's signature sheets because they're the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, your room, the look of your room because they're designed to feel incredible for all sleepers. They are made with the finest 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel buttery soft yet super breathable and they're perfect for warmer summer months ahead. We have a house that we go to in the summer and I got all Bolin Branch sheets for the beds because we're having a lot of guests this year and I want them to feel like they're at a nice bed and breakfast that they didn't have to pay for. Bolin Branch sheets are free from toxins like synthetic pesticides, formaldehyde. I bet you didn't know that was in your sheets. And their signature sheets come in 14 versatile colors and they come in sizes from twin all the way up to California King. And Bolin Branch has a 30-night worry-free guarantee, which means you can wash, style, and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them for any reason, you can send them right back with free returns on all U.S. orders. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl and Branch. Go to bowlandbranch.com slash Eliza for 15% off your first sheet set, plus free shipping. That's Bowl and Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com slash Eliza for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, Eliza, Emily, Chanfu, and small baby. I'm a maid of honor in my best friend's wedding in November, who I've known since kinder. This person must be foreign. Oh, yes. I moved out of the moved out of the continental US. And the wedding is 45 minutes outside of our hometown. I'm still planning some of her bachelorette party that is in August because she asked me to. However, I'm not going to the bachelorette party 
because of how expensive plane tickets are. I live in Hawaii and getting PTO for my job is hard as I just started at this hospital at the beginning of the year. What is an acceptable price range for a wedding gift? This took a turn. This is like a math problem. And is it okay to say, I don't want to pay for the hair and makeup because of how much my flights are. I agreed to be in her wedding knowing I'd have to fly there and I really want to be there to support her. But I know if I pay for a super lavish wedding gift and the hair and makeup, I'll be secretly bitter. Am I being a bitch and just need to suck it up? Also, I took my mom to the show in San Antonio last year when you announced your pregnancy and it was so <gasps> sweet. I loved it. And my 50-something-year-old conservative mom thought you were hysterical. So fun. Because your mom knows good comedy. That's so weird. I was just thinking about that show this morning and then you wrote to me. So she lives in Hawaii. I'm uh-huh. sorry, I missed the whole beginning because the dog was growling. So she lives in Hawaii. She's the maid of honor in this wedding that's in the continental US. Okay. She's planning the entire bachelorette party even though she can't go. Okay. She can't fly there. Again, so then she's flying there, expensive tickets for the wedding. Just for the wedding. She's like, do I have to get an expensive gift and pay for my hair and makeup? Or maybe can I go with like a cheapo gift and I'm buying plane tickets and I'm paying for hair and makeup? I think it's your best friend and you should talk to your best friend. Also, I would skip. Okay, look, I don't know what level you're at, but like I would skip the hair and makeup. I think... (laughs) Look, you might be a makeup artist. You're going to get so mad. I never think it moves the needle enough. And if they're really doing it up, it usually looks bad. I went to my a very good friend's wedding, which was the most stunning wedding I've ever been to. It was like a coronation in Texas. But I've been on camera enough to know how to do my own hair and makeup. And so the girls all paid to get it done. And I opted out because I was like, I live in LA. I don't need some like local makeup artist to do my my hair and makeup. And I didn't. It mattered not one bit. I looked just as good as everyone else, minus like extra thick eyeshadow that other people were wearing. Um, Are you a big hair and makeup person? Like, is this something that you need? Because usually it's more just about the bonding and the person comes into the salon and they do it. Talk to your best friend and just be like, it is so expensive. I want to be there. I want to do all that. Can you skip the hair and makeup? Could you just give her like a sentimental gift? You know, um, yeah. there is this expectation that people just fly everywhere, but usually for a destination wedding, like you flying there is kind of a gift and you send a gift in your absence. So just talk to her. We just did that today. We got invited to a wedding in Sicily, which is like code for please don't come and send us honey fund. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, I mean, it's possible she wants hair and makeup done so that everybody's kind of uniform. So just find out what, what maybe you're supposed to have your hair up or something. Also, Get those details. And think like, how much money do you have to spend? Do you have like, after you take the flight, do you have $100 left over? And ask your friend, be like, I am dead serious. Would you prefer I give it to you or I can do my own? If you're comfortable with that. If you're really terrible with hair and makeup, you want it done, get that done. And then no gift, maybe write her a card or... There, there's ways around this and your best friend would understand. You don't need to do a lavish no, gift. No. You plan the bachelorette party. First of all, they're never lavish. Fucking a blender's not lavish. So yeah, none of these are lavish. So just talk to her. That's all. You're doing a lot and she'll understand that. She doesn't care about the gift. Mm-mm. Or the hair and makeup. Unless you write back in later, like my friend is so mad I didn't get her a gift. In I mean, which case we'll say your friend sucks. We've had all walks of life in terms of that story. So let us know. Mahalo. Yeah. Hey, Liza and crew. I'm really enjoying the podcast, which I listen to in the car at work. Cop. I'm looking forward to the show in Cleveland because I have loved all the specials. Please tell your friends I just to come. St- trying to get a nice, thick audience. I just started doing open mics because I hate my job and need a backup plan or at least an outlet. Probably not the best choice for either. Now for my question. Wait, you're a cop? Mm-hmm. Oh, everyone loves a funny cop. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm hoping this is as confusing for you as it is for me. It's naturally a dating question. I always date women that I know it won't work with. Is this ex- is that a boy or girl? Know. This is a boy cop. Okay. Male cop stripper. I already know I do that because I'm cynical and obsessed with being right. It's a separate observation I've found that goes with that. I'm a single dad and every mother that I've dated hates my kids, at least until the relationship ends. Oh no. I truly do not believe that there's anything wrong with my kids because their moms hate their stepkids too. My theory is that this is primal, like how you aren't supposed to pick a baby bird up with your bare hands if it falls out of the nest because the mother will see it as a threat because of the smell and stop feeding it. I heard that that's not true, by the way. Okay. I know you're not supposed to. I, I don't, don't know think if that's it's... true. I think it's an urban myth. It probably is, but don't touch them. Okay. Then again, it's just as likely an excuse that women who are unhappy use to leave their relationships. Dating women without kids isn't very realistic when you're in your late 30s. So do I just stay single until everyone graduates? Or if not, how should I start disqualifying the contestants? I very much hope to hear your thoughts on this, Levi. You know, I wonder, because I don't find that to be true. I have a, I know a few people who are in relationships with like a guy who has a kid and she's like, and I just love the kid. Like, you would think if the woman wanted you to like her, she'd be like, I love kiddos. I hope to have some of my own. Like, I'd love to be a stepmom. If enough women are giving you this feedback, it might be possible that you're blind to your kids being poorly behaved. Is there a way to get- Are they going berserk? Is there a way to get an objective opinion? Like, do you have a girlfriend who doesn't know your kids that you could hang out with for the day? Are your kids secretly awful when your back is turned? But for the most part, you would think a woman, because by the way, unfortunately, a woman that's single with kids, it's a lot harder to find someone, but a guy that's single with kids, it's like, oh my God, who let you go? Oh, you have a working penis? I'll be there. I feel like if she liked you, no, okay? No. Thick little princess sitting in her dog bed, guarding the office door. My kid? Your kid is poorly My behaved. Shani. I don't Your want the audience Tianfu. to know that she's secretly kind of a little, yeah, not a monster, but she's, and she just gives you this stare like, I'm not hearing nothing. I'm gonna keep doing what I'm doing and I'm guarding you. Tibetan Spaniels she's very are aggressively not really making protective and they're really like steadfast and uh, like stubborn. Like that's what they're known for. Like you cannot train her. <laughs> but at the end of the day, she's just baby. Okay. I don't care. You're like, great, correct. Anyways. Right. Teeny girl, stay on my lap. Stay here. Um, yeah, maybe it's that I that the dog barks and then I scoop her up and I squeeze her and kiss her to She's scold like, her, great. which is the same way I squeeze her and kiss her when I'm in love with her. Because you don't remember it. So, yeah, I mean, how many women has this been? It seems like more than one are all y- saying y- that they hate his kids- children. That's really awful to even say that at all. Um, And also, you know, keep in mind what your kids are going through. How old are these kids? You know, are you bringing this woman along on like a special date with your kids? And they're like, we don't care if Linda's here. We're supposed to go to the water park. So be mindful of the way you're introducing these women. Also, like maybe don't introduce women that you're not serious with. Um, Because that's a lot for a kid to like constantly be seeing all these women coming in. Where's the mom? Is she a part of this? There's a lot of factors, but I would yeah. first find out if objectively your kids are poorly behaved. Kids are never going to be perfect, but like these women sound not great also. <laughs> right. Well, so this person, he's also asking like, how do I disqualify contestants who don't like my kids? I mean, 
I think be honest with them that you have kids, but don't introduce them to the kids for a while. Yes. And if you're like, I have kids and they're like, I hate kids, then there you go. Yeah, there's, there's a lot you're not doing here. And uh, it shouldn't be like date two here are my kids, but you always say I have kids, but just yeah. it should be a special thing that they're meeting her. Yeah. But also your kids might be awful. So look into that. <laughs> look into it. You're a cop, you have resources. Hi, crew, tiny human and pets included. Love the pod. It's one of my favorite parts of the week and I'd love Eliza's take on my problem. I am a 31-year-old female who works with special needs children in elementary school. I have a 24-year-old sister who is causing me major stress and I'm not sure how to deal with her anymore. My sister has a three-year-old daughter who I basically have joint custody with at this point. I watch her every weekend and sometimes during the week too and have pretty much done this since she was born. I love having her. She's surprisingly well-behaved, but my sister is consistently late picking up, changing the schedule last minute with no regard to my plans, and dropping her daughter off in clothing that's inappropriate for the weather. I've tried to talk to her about it. I've even cried a few times out of frustration, but nothing seems to get through to my sister, who is now pregnant again. Not only am I livid she chose to get pregnant again when she barely has a grip on her life. Did she she choose this? Did she choose it? She wants to name the baby after our brother. He was a middle child, a year younger than me, six older than her, who passed away from a drug overdose in 2020. Losing him still feels very fresh, and many people have expressed concern over having to call someone else his name so soon. My mother actually cried when we talked about it. No one loves this idea. To add to this, by chance, my niece's last name is already the same name as my brother. So the baby's first name would be the same as his older sister's last name. Multiple people have expressed concern over my sister's name choice. It's hurtful that she won't take any of our concerns into account. And I don't see why she won't consider using it as a middle name instead. Or just the first letter. Yeah. She was not his only sibling or the only one affected by his loss, though she often acts like she is. I understand she's grieving. We all are. But she acts like her grief is the only one that matters. How can I talk to her about this without her digging in even harder? I don't want to lose my sister or my relationship with my niece. I love them both, but I'm afraid of my sister's reaction. She's not the most reasonable. Um, your sister is super immature. It's pro- And she's super selfish. And this is probably not going to change anytime soon. You'd think becoming a mother would give you some maturity, but maybe she was even worse before. Um, that is a bummer that she lives her life like that. And it sucks that you can't unload on her because you want, in a way, you want to, you feel responsible toward this little girl. That's, you kind of want to save her in a way because the mom is completely inept. Um, The good news is she needs you more than you need her. You watch this kid every weekend and during the week, your sister's not going to give free childcare away. So let her dig her heels in. She will come crawling right back. And at the end of the day, this isn't your child. And you might love your niece, but you deserve to be heard. It is extremely selfish and disgusting what your sister's doing. And I totally hear what you're saying. You're like, yeah, she's acting like she lost someone. A lot of times I think people take a collective trauma or something awful and they make it about themselves. And that's what she's doing here. Um, You've expressed yourself. You know, she sounds like the kind of person, like she sounds rebellious. She sounds like a rebellious teenager. I don't think you are at risk for her taking this kid and you're never seeing him again. Also, there's a version where your sister is like an unfit mother and you're saying you have joint custody. Maybe you can get that legalized somehow. I don't think this person wants it. If you even want that. I don't think it's 
I, I think it's not official joint custody, but they're taking care of the kid like at least 50% of the time. It's not, that's not going to stop. No. So you can be heard and you come from an authoritative place of, hey, here's what's appropriate. Here's not, I need you to to play by my rules. You cannot just drop her off. Like it sucks because I don't have anyone that's like that insane in my family, but she is not gonna, I said this already. She's not gonna give up that free childcare. No, you have to treat her like a child and children respond to structure and rules. Great. You You don't want to listen? Fine. Good luck affording childcare. Bye. Yeah. You can't take the kid. I get that it sucks and you don't want the kid in a bad situation, but you have to say, I'm not taking her. You're not going to come back. I have plans. Like you just have to say no. Absolutely. The kid will be fine. I don't think she's crazy enough that she would like ditch the kid on the side of the road. Um, right. I'm interested to know where the father is in all of this. Well, it but sounds like two different fathers for the two different kids. Any, so. Either father, whatever. Yeah. So, um, you know, you hear a lot of, we hear a lot of people that are like, I was basically raised by my aunt or by my grandma. Like who knows what that'll turn into. Be clear. You know, she's your sister. So, okay, she's late, whatever things happen. But if it's consistent and it is affecting you, I wouldn't pick a battle if it's like, look, I was home anyway. Um, but if since it's happening enough, it is worth saying she'll, she will be, some people are just like this and they just have a chaos gene. And because she knows she can always do it, she's not respecting your time. Mm-hmm. So set those boundaries and borders and she will come around. She's not going to give it up. You'll be fine. That's what I think. Give it. Hi, Liza and Emily. Love you both and love the show. I've been struggling recently with my long-distance relationship and wanted some honest advice. End it. Next question. It is over. My boyfriend and I have been seeing each other for almost six months and have been official for almost three. Okay. We connected right off the bat and he was really starting to become my best friend. He got a job across the country about a month ago and I've been missing him. At first, there was nothing different different with our texting, but when I expressed some of my insecurities, I felt like it changed a bit. I didn't communicate in the best way possible and have other stressors in my life that have caused me to have been a bit too rash. I realized that I was speaking on emotions that weren't related to him and I apologized and we've talked about what's going on with me and he understands and says I shouldn't be sorry, but I still worry that he's not really talking to me as much. I still support him and love him, but he hasn't been calling me pet names, saying he loves me or complimenting me as much the last couple of weeks and it makes me worried. I've been treated badly in the past and have a lot of trauma that I'm still trying to get through, which he understands, but I never assume that everything is okay and sometimes need reassurance that I haven't been getting a lot of lately. First, he was really about making this work, but now he doesn't seem like he wants to talk to me as much. His job is in broadcast media and he's very busy, but I know he's on other social platforms throughout the day and seems like he's avoiding me. I'm worried I don't make him happy or excited anymore. I don't want to keep asking him if I do. He says we're okay and it still makes him happy, but it has been a long time. But it hasn't been a long time and I feel off about how fast the honeymoon phase wore off when he started to work. Should I be worried Stop. about him being laid yes. back on the affection or could it really be that he's just it's busy? Is it my over. fault? Thanks. It's not your fault. It is far away. Nobody wants to check in with someone. You are not experiencing day-to-day commonalities. He is across the country. That is a three-hour time difference. You are on different schedules. Uh, this has nothing to do. He may have met someone, but even if he didn't, nobody wants to feel beholden. And plus you have no plan of when he's coming back. It's not like he's gone for two months and you know he's coming back. Let this one go. It will make you an uglier version of yourself. You need to work on healing your wounds from before and you cannot, and I think you already know this, look to someone to make you whole or feel better. 
And this actually seems like a very normal relationship that could have been great if he stayed, but you will very quickly turn it into something that it's not. And you will vilify him and you will make him not like you by being insecure, which is the ugliest thing. So I love that you're super self-aware. I would step away from this. It's one thing if you were married, like when I travel, sometimes I don't talk to my husband all the time, but we have a whole relationship and foundation and we're both doing stuff. And if I say to my husband, hey, you haven't complimented me lately, he isn't like, okay, I don't know what you want me to do. He'll just be like, I'm sorry. And here's what I think. Like, you don't have enough of a foundation to feel secure. So let this one go. And you can be super gracious about it. And I bet you at like being courteous, be like, everything's fine. He won't fight you. And by the way, like, if this is how he is, let's say he is, he does love you. Everything's fine. If this is how he is long distance, like this is not what you need. But I think you're a little insecure and I think that this will rear its head in every relationship you have and you don't want to be that girlfriend that needs the guy to constantly reassure her everything's okay because it will never be enough. I would let this go and do it while you can still be friends and maybe you can revisit it later. But this is too much of a headache for you because you're sitting here stressing about him contacting you. What platform is he on? He is not thinking that way about you and you deserve that mental freedom as well. Yeah, this is not a good fit for you at all. Having nothing to do with him. Yeah, not a good fit, not a good look, too far. Three hours ahead, that'll really get you. Uh, a lot of people have reached out to us because a sequel is coming to your favorite film. Have you heard about this? Book Club 2? I don't remember reading this book. Reading this movie. Reading this movie? Book Club. But Book Club 2 is coming and right. people have been letting us know. It's Diane Keaton. Jane Fonda, Candace Bergen, Mary Steenberg. <laughs> because what was the movie that Steven Soderbergh did where they were on the cruise ship and that was also, that was just Candace Bergen and Meryl Streep, sorry. I, I need to see, like, I don't remember this at all. I must have been, I must have taken an Ambien or something. <laughs> this is so weird. Something's wrong. Having a baby, like part of your brain comes out with the baby. <laughs> Well, so when the second one comes out, you can watch both and it'll be like a totally new experience. It's going to be a real power night. Just enjoying that Nancy Myers-esque content. Middle-aged women, actually older than middle-aged. I guess I'm middle-aged if I plan on living till 80. Uh, Isn't that weird? Middle age is like 40. Yeah. I yeah. feel like you're probably planning on living longer though. Oh, yeah. I got a, I got a whole setup. I thought of you um, when Jean Spire on Hacks was saying she's going to live to 109. That, she's so good. It's such a good show. Um, but we don't have to talk about that right now since I don't know if everyone's on it. But it's great. I have a question for your take on something. Hello, Eliza, Emily, Baby, Peapod, and family. My question has to do with a longtime close friend. She is married with sons in their early 20s. She is constantly canceling or coming up with excuses to not go out. I invited her over the week for the weekend to meet myself and another girlfriend for a night out. We were to meet at a local brewery and go from there. She showed up with her husband, sons, and two young women that are friends with her sons. My other friend and I had a beer, then chose to go to a restaurant for dinner. All we said was we were going to this other restaurant. She didn't seem like she wanted to come with, so we left. The next morning, I get a text. Hope you had fun at restaurant. Enjoy your day. I just wanted back that we had one drink Ew. and one appetizer and then went home. We, we had, had no one pesto. drink. We only had one popcorn shrimp. 
I got no text back from her. It's been a few days. She usually texts me every day. I know she's had a rough couple weeks emotionally, which is why I wanted to invite her out for the brewery. When she showed up with her sons for girls' night out, it irritated me a little bit. Yeah, She does this on a regular basis and then complains she has no friends. I'm not sure what to do. Pick up the phone. That's super passive aggressive. Pick up the phone. Hey, Susan. Hey, you sent me this cryptic text and I want to make sure we're cool. She's like, everything's fine. Be like, we invited you for a girls' night out and we love Gary and we love Corbin and Colden uh, and their girlfriends, Madison and McShayla. Um, But we thought it was a girls' night, so we didn't really want to hang out with them. (laughs) That's it. You, You may as well be honest. It's so weird that she was, you know... Give her a chance to... That's so weird that she would assume that, like, she could just bring everyone. Bring not just her husband, but uh, the adult children and their girlfriend. Who fucking... Like, whoever wants to hang out with a 20-year-old, period. Uh, pick up the phone because she says something super passive-aggressive. She'd be like, hey, how are you doing? Just call her. Well, in this part, our question asker was passive-aggressive and being like, okay, well, we're going to go to a different place. Bye. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, who would want to do that? You are totally in the right. Have fun at dinner. And then for you to be like, we only had one appetite. What does that fucking matter if you had like a porterhouse steak and like eight glasses of wine? Like whatever. Call her and be like, hey, I'm getting this weird vibe. I I love you. I don't, or don't be friends with this woman. You know? Um, you invited her out. It is tough. I know this now being a mom. I'm like, I kind of, I don't want to go out for like a girl's night. Like I want to be with my baby or whatever. But then I wouldn't accept the invitation or I would never... I never tell Noah he has to come to something. In fact, I encourage other women to not bring their spouses so that we can just do the girls. I don't care about your fucking husband or your girlfriend. Or you're like, if you're the main friend, that's what I want to hang out with. And um, so I never put that on anyone. So just call her. Be like, hey, I got like kind of a weird vibe. Me and so-and-so asked you out. We were going to do a girls' night and you showed up with a whole party And it was just kind of not the vibe that night. But I don't want you to think like I'm mad or anything, but you seem so mad at me. And then she'll be like, oh, I didn't know. It just seemed really rude. And you're like, well, you brought a bunch of people. You will lose nothing by being very clear with this person. Yeah. That's it. And I guarantee you she's not as tooth-filled when you talk to her. Everybody's big and tough over text. Yeah. And she's she's like, this was the only time I could spend with my family. It's like, great. And we left to spend time with your family and have our girls' day. And all the, by the way, like if she's got family, like be like, we could always do an afternoon or a coffee or not at all. We can just text. Be like, I'm not, you know, it's not even a thing of like, we have kids, we don't have kids, you do. And she doesn't understand or you guys understand. That's just, it's always rude. Even if it was like three of her other friends, like it's rude to bring people to a thing yeah. when they weren't invited. Yeah. Oh my God. One time when I was in Atlanta, this was like eight years ago. I invited my brother to lunch and I hadn't seen him in forever. And he showed up with this horrible girlfriend. And like, it's such a ratchet thing to be like, to just bring your girlfriend, like the quiet girlfriend that's just like there. And you're like, cool, cool conversation. Glad you brought this skin tag. It changes the dynamic. (laughs) Anyway, your friend sounds lame. Yeah. And rude above all. Because even, I wonder if she invited the girls or if she... Her family is all alike. And when she invited her sons, her sons decided to bring strangers too. And it was just oh this my like God. nesting doll of strangers. That's so funny. Also, what husband is like, girls' night would love to go. What 20-year-old boys are like, mom, we would love to hang out with you and two other old ladies. And then what young girl is like, oh, a family hang? Great. Someone's going to pay for my appetizer. This is awful. Don't be yeah. friends with this person or just say how you will... 
What is the fear in telling her how you feel? I know confrontation isn't fun, but like best case scenario, she's like, you're totally right. And now I'll come out and we'll all get topless and hang out girls night. Worst case, she's like, that's really rude. That's my family. That's my familia. And then you'd be like, great. Let me know when you get some fucking manners. You win either way. There you go. You lose, sir. Top of the cup. It's the top of the cup. We're doing it right. Every day. You just take a bite. Top of the cup. Okay. My top of the cup is so simple and taste there. My top of the cup is this Japanese dish called soborodon. And I think sometimes they eat it for breakfast, but basically it's just like chopped up gingery chicken meat. Like if you ever have larb uh, in Thai food, it's like that consistency, like ground meat, but it's like ground chicken basically Um, with like scallions and ginger and rice. And it's like Japanese grandma food. And Noah made it for me the other day and it was so good. He also made it with shrimp. Uh, It feels like the kind of thing you'd send your Japanese kid to lunch with. And then we went to a Japanese restaurant in Torrance and got ramen, but he also got sobrodon. And then he brought it home and I ate the leftovers yesterday. And then for dinner, I asked him to make it again. S-O-B-O-R-O, Don. Tasty. Soborodon. Super simple and tasty. I feel like a real Japanese grandchild. That's my top of the cup. My top of the cup is also chicken-based, actually, weirdly. (laughs) I love it. You know what? You are really... Enchiladas... They need mm. chicken. I've been eating beef enchiladas like some kind of idiot. You know what's Mm-mm. so good in them? Shredded chicken. Game Shredded. changer. Yeah. It, it, it's better. I think I might I make the swap in tacos too. Yeah. Thank <laughs> you. I, and I know everyone makes fun of it, but gringo tacos. So that's like hard shell deep fried mm-hmm. versus like a soft. This is LA. I almost said this in Mexico. So there's tons of soft taco places. I will seek out a crunchy. I need the crunch. It's a very American thing. I need that deep fried crunchy. Uh, and I love a chicken taco. It's a little bit lighter. I never opt for beef, anything, almost. Never get anything like that. Short rib, nothing like that. Whenever uh-huh. we travel, Hunter is always, it can be guaranteed that on the menu, I'm picking like a salad, something light. Just because I'm a girl, I don't want to like eat like a porterhouse steak. I think that's the second time I said porterhouse today. And like yes. walk around a city. Hunter is always like, he always says to the waiter, like, I'm stuck between, and then it's two Jurassic dishes that I would never eat. Like, I'm stuck between the short rib French toast sandwich or the full side of beef shrimp po' boy. <laughs> I just want to pass out for the next eight hours. <laughs> I'm like, I've, you are literally stuck between those. Anyways, yeah, I'm glad you switched to chicken. Probably a teeny bit better for the environment too. Hopefully. My bottom of the cob is when you want to be drunk, but it's just not turning over. And you're probably actually very drunk because chemically you can't just drink a bunch of vodka. But like we went to dinner the other night and it was kind of just like a lame night. And so I'd had, I had like half a drink after my set and then I had one full margarita at dinner and then I ordered the second and I made the mistake of getting like a skinny margarita, which is never good, let's be honest. And it's just like drinking like tart lime juice. And I had like a couple sips. I was like, I can't do this. Like I wanted to like turn up and I just, I was like, this is too tart. And um, (laughs) we came home, got in bed and watched Shark Tank and then fell asleep. It was delicious. (laughs) Very sexual. My bottom of the cob is the dead rat I mentioned earlier that was in my storage unit because it made itself a little home in Gracie's tower. 
So I had to throw that out. And now before I was going to move in this past weekend to my house with Gracie, but I need to open and go through every box before I can move her in because I'm very worried that there's more rat poops and she's going to get like a plague. So you're absolutely right. Delayed. On the one hand, I feel really happy that that rat found such a cozy home like those black widows did under my uh, base. I do. I was like, well, that seems like a nice ending for mm-hmm. him because it had like a thing he can climb. It was soft. There were all these yeah. poops in it. So I was like, oh, he's been in here. He's been hanging out. His corpse was right next to it. I was like, he had like a good last God. few it's hours, but also like, oh boy. We are rat corpse. <laughs> or counterpoint, he had a terrible ending and he was just shitting his home and dying. Um, I have an idea. Yeah. That whole storage unit Mm-hmm. Just light it on fire. There's nothing I, you need in there. Okay. I, I saw you. Got, everything. You got a haircut, by the way. I did. And I don't, I'm not, I'm, it was just, it's new. So I have to see how I take to it. But okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to say my first thought now that I'm, I've been talking to you for an hour and I just, I was like, what's different about her? And I just realized <laughs> it's not your mustache, it's your short haircut. Yeah. Um, just because of the, the fact that you don't really style it and you just have it parted in the middle. I'm going to just say a phrase. I'm going to throw it out there. Uh Medieval page boy. (laughs) Sorry. I have, when I texted it to someone, like, uh, they also said medieval. So. Why don't you get bangs? I panicked. Okay. Maybe next time. I couldn't do it. It had been eight months since I got a haircut at all. So Mm. I dealt with that. And I'm going to see how this goes. Um, you let, and then you've got so bangs. much hair and it's endless and you've got incredible hair. You need to get a shaping because you could do great things and it looks really good and I didn't mean to hurt your feelings. It's just so, th- you have enough hair that's not going to hurt your feelings. It's not like I said you look like the Crypt Keeper. <laughs> so it's always okay to make fun of a cut, not the yeah, actual it's hair. Not permanent. Unless I like shaved it and you were like, why is your head so lumpy? You know. Right, because you can't fix your head. Yeah. You can always get better at it though. <laughs> Folks, I, uh, this is coming out Wednesday, so I will be in Salt Lake City and Boise. I think I heard that they riot if you pronounce it wrong. They're like, we got to have something to catch about. Um, and then I'm coming up in Sacramento. Of course, we're taping the special in Cleveland. A lot of fans have DM'd me that they are making a trip out of it, like a road trip. See Eliza kind of thing. I love that idea. A lot of people flying in for it. I'm just saying. But in addition to those dates... Not only do we have tons of other dates, we have some foreign dates, some international dates coming up. Eliza.com slash tour. And we have released a new Elder Millennial t-shirt. I figure I came up with this term. May as well make some hot merch. And uh, a pin pack with all the Ooh. new jokes on it. Cute Is it stuff. out now? Yeah. Eliza.com slash store. Should be set up there. So okay. get your gear. You can always order it at the show, but it's cool if you wear it there. And... Um, Yes, to answer everyone's question. If you, and you can order all things aside, my book now, pre order, it's out in October. But if you bring a copy of Girl Logic to VIP Meet and Greet, I will always sign it. I will sign anything you would like. That is your time with me. Love you guys. And remember, that rat died warm and cozy. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. At Founders Brewing Company, we set out to create a beer that lets you embrace the unconventional. Mortal Bloom is a radiantly beautiful, hazy IPA that will wrap your taste buds with intense citrus and tropical notes of pineapple and mango. Coming in at 6.2% ABV with big aromatics and no bitterness, it's the perfect beer, if we do say so ourselves. Visit foundersbrewing.com to find Mortal Bloom Hazy IPA.